assalamu alaikum ma'am we're students from bmi i'm mohammed haris and i have my team members with me as well alishan fasi saif and ahmed ron we're basically here to ask you some questions regarding a main topic or a main narrative about illiteracy present in the underprivileged youth we believe that is a great issue currently prevailing in pakistan and we hope to discuss it with you in a manner that we get educated so does the public that is seeing this video so uh sorry for taking your time but how are you doing ma'am i'm doing fine how are you i am doing good too so the first question we have is that what do you define as illiteracy well the basic definition of illiteracy as we've seen in different uh, organizations is that uh illiteracy is basically the inability to read or write to comprehend what is in front of you also it comes it includes the ambit of diff very different things illiteracy could be even if you're able to basically read or write the very ba basics of anything it, it it does include the ability to comprehend what you're reading or writing so illiterate person could be someone who even though if he could read or write the very basic thing if he could even write his name like in general in pakistan it is the view if someone can write his name in his uh, language that person is not illiterate but we in reality you as a student would know too that illiteracy is not just you know uh, restricted to this particular definition illiteracy as a whole in society is a problem it is an issue it is not just the uh, language the ability to read or the ability to write it is also the ability to understand what is going on around you people with different opinions people with different backgrounds people from all over the country specifically in pakistan even if they have the ability to read or write even if they have been to universities or colleges do in at the end of the day will show us the traits of someone who is illiterate will show us how they are not actually literate enough to understand what's going around us something as basic as respecting another person's opinion thank you what do you think are the major factors causing an increase in the illiteracy rate of the youth Mm, thank you so much. Uh, well, um, when you say major causes of illiteracy rate, I think the first one that we should or everyone should talk about is the poverty rate or the economic crisis that the country is facing, specifically in Pakistan. After the COVID, even though the whole world has gone to an economic decline, Pakistan in specific, since we are living here, we have seen the decline has been tremendous. and people have actually gone on to become way more poor than they were before so one of the major factors that illiteracy rate is increasing in pakistan is the poverty other than that it does come with other things for example a uh, country as a whole when you come it comes to education you have to provide basics like curriculum with books uniforms infrastructure uh, conveyance all of these things are very very important and in country like pakistan when we have mountainous region like kashmir or we have gilgit baltistan or we have swat where there are places where you cannot actually reach school by bus or by uh, different cars or even a cycle people are risking their lives to go and get educated we have recently seen a few months ago there was an incident of a chairlift where students were stuck got stuck in a airlift when they were trying to go to school so something is as basic as conveyance is a problem in pakistan all of these factors at the end of the the day are contributing to illiteracy in pakistan then there comes the basic 
that education is not very important. We have seen this particular opinion in a lot of youth, not just parents, not just the people who are from uh, older generations, but in youth too. They have the opinion that if they can do anything other than education, they'll be even more successful. So the reluctance to go into education along with the economic crisis that comes into it and along with the issues of infrastructure, conveyance or just the social stigma, especially around girls' education. All of these things at the end of the day contribute to your illiteracy rate that's been increasing in the country. Alright, thank you so much ma'am. Now our next question is actually similar to something you mentioned, social stigmas. So what are the social stigmas that are associated with education for children in Pakistan? Mm, thank you so much for the question. A very good question, I would say. Uh, social stigmas that are associated with uh, education in Pakistan, especially of the youth. Let's break it down. When you go to poverty, as I've already talked about in my last answer, there are families, especially poor people, who brought their children in the world so that they could work. Labor force, child labor is a very big issue in Pakistan. Even if you tell those people to send their kids to schools, they would in turn, what would they say? They would say that it's one less person earning for their family. You cannot convince them otherwise. You cannot convince them that get them educated and 10 years, 20 years from now when they are in universities, when they've gotten their degrees, they will turn out to be even better um, employment source than they are now. They'll even be better economic source than they are now. So labor, child labor, associated with poverty, one of the major things. Next comes the, especially with relation, in relation to girls, is the women education. Now we know that in Pakistan, a lot of the population is completely against women education. They have their reasons. It could be cultural, it could be religious, it could be any other reason. But at the end of the day, that particular thing is contributing to the country's illiteracy rate. Women in our country is a major chunk of the population. In the last consensus, they are, uh, I think, around about 49% of the population in the country. If you are not educating that 49% of the population, how do you expect this country to go ahead and, you know, develop, get developed or get economically better or get better in every single sense of the way? And even if you take the economics out of it, women in general, they are someone who run the house, they are someone who bring up their children, they are someone who educate them, just like generally we see. So it is very important to educate them. Along with this, there are stigmas associated with it, just like I've already talked about. Let's just say a school in a village, far away from here, doesn't have a building. Would anyone send their children to this particular school in winters when it's raining? Would they send their children to schools where they don't have washrooms, where they don't have something as basic as canteen? It's not possible. No one would want to send their children to these schools just to let them suffer. These suffering does come and it does end up having consequences. And the consequences are what? The literacy rate in Pakistan that is continuously declining and we have seen it tremendously decline one by one, one by one, and it is not working in our favor in general. So I would say all of these stigmas do end up affecting the children or the especially underprivileged children of our country which end up reducing their illiteracy rate of the country as a whole. Thank you so much.
how do you think Pakistan as a multicultural nation can improve its literacy rates? When it comes to the multiculturality, all the different languages, different cultures, or just different opinions of the, the people in our country, we have to understand that people who come from different backgrounds have different expectations. And with those expectations are associated certain opinions that you cannot do away with just by educating them like four years or five years. There are people who even if you put in the system, they won't be, you won't be able to change their opinions. So for that, this particular issue, I think we need to address it by taking it locally. You have to associate this particular issue with the opinions or the cultures that those people come from. I would say, for example, if someone belongs to KP and a person, another person belongs to Punjab. Now, both of these provinces are completely different from each other. There are a lot of aspects. Of course, generally, the religion, all the culture that the country has, of course, it's there. But when it comes to their backgrounds or it comes to what they think of different things, it's very, very different. So you cannot treat a kid from Lahore the same way you treat a kid in Peshawar or let's say Swat. You cannot give them the same curriculum and then expect them to go around and do all of those things that you're expecting someone from, let's just say Islamabad. Students here have very different cultures, have very different social backgrounds, if you say, have very different opinions. Now, if this particular school in Islamabad, you cannot compare it to a school in far-flung areas or mountainous region of KP. And you cannot expect the parents of those particular children to have the same opinion about the curriculum that you have over here. And in all of this, it's not just the culturality of it. We have different religions in our country. And if you expect that those particular people from different religions, from different backgrounds, will affirm to the, or the, uh, the conformity that you expect from them would come in line with what you have. So you have to keep in mind the religion, you have to keep in mind the language, the culture, the backgrounds that they come from, the areas that they come from at the end of the day. And this all will actually help in improving the literacy rate of the country because culturality does play a role. And Pakistan is one of the multinational, uh, multicultural country that we have seen. There's India, you have seen that even for different states that they have. They have different curriculums for them. Even for different religions, they do cater to their needs. It's not like they don't. So why can't we do the same? We have to keep in mind all of these things. And that is how, at the end of the day, country is a, in a, like Pakistan would improve, I would say. That's perfect. Thank you for the delightful answer. But the next question I will, we would like to ask is that what are the possible initiatives individuals like us can take towards the cause to help the cause? I would answer this question with an example. Last month I went to a, a, an event that was organized by Pakistan Girls Guide Association in one of their schools. Now there I found out that students of 9th grade, 8th grade have actually helped students their ages from underprivileged background get into school and start getting education. Now, a simple thing would be people who are, help, who are helping us at our home, who are underprivileged, they have kids. Any one of you, any one of your age, let's just say 16 or 18, 
can talk to that person, can talk to their parents, can help them get admission in their, those particular schools, even if it's government schools who are providing them with free books, with free uniforms and all of these things. You can actually help them get education. One of the girls there, she, her mother used to work somewhere and she would take her along with her. Now that particular girl was hardly 14 years old. The girl in the Pakistan Girls Guide Association school, she went to their home, she talked to her parents, she brought along one of her teachers with her, convinced the parents that they can send the kid to the school and it will help them. Now it did take a lot of convincing of course because you are taking away one of their economic resources or one of the resources for their bread earning. But they did end up convincing them and that girl on that stage was thanking that girl because she was able to get education now. So we at individual level or you as student at individual level, if you see someone your age, you know you can communicate better with them. You know you understand what they're going through. You know you understand what their mentality is. You can talk to them even if they're not interested in let's just say getting a formal education. You can help them get a vocational education. Learn any skill. And what would that end up doing? It would help them get out of the particular situation that they are in. And those situations would, you know, they are very, very bad. A lot of people are living in situations that we cannot even imagine. If you can actually help just one person get education or even learn a skill, get them to learn a skill, you can be helping a lot of people. You don't have to think about helping 10 people at the same time or 15 people at the same time. You can start small, just small steps, one person at a time. Even if that one person, if that one convincing takes a year, even if it takes two years, at the end of the day, at the end of that particular journey, at the end of that tunnel, if you are helping that per particular kid get education, get admission in a particular school or get a good life, it will end up helping them. So you can take initiatives, you can help them. It's, it all comes down to intentions, it all comes down to will. I would say, thank you. Thank you so much. We've discussed the grassroots level causes for this issue and we've discussed how this issue prevails within Pakistan. But a really important question to address this issue on a national scale is that what are the current government or government affiliated NGOs trying to do or trying to help the cause and trying to help reduce the illiteracy rates? As we know that out-of-school children in Pakistan is one of the major issues that has been talked about for almost years now. Now government in general, they have tried helping these students. They have tried helping these underprivileged people to get into the education system. What were those initiatives? Getting them free education, reducing their fees fees in the government schools, providing them with books, providing them with bags, providing them with uniforms, even as far as going and providing them with your basic uh, canteen and basic food. I would say one of the experiences that I've had during my training was with uh, Akhwat. It is an NGO in Lahore that helps underprivileged people. They have different uh, initiatives, giving loans and everything. One of the things that they do is they help people get admitted, people from underprivileged background get admitted into government schools. What do they do? They set an area, target an area 
go to that particular area with a number of agents of them, like two or three of them. When they go there, they, found, they do a survey. They find out, they try to find out how many people, how many of them are not actually going to schools. Then they talk to them one by one. Of course, it is not easy to access those homes. It is not easy to get into those homes. But they go there, they talk to them, they try to make them understand how important it is to get education. They also give them incentives with it. Let's just say one of the incentives would be get, giving them and in turn asking them to get one of their kids admitted to the schools. Now it is a big deal. Of course those loans come with their own uh, rules and regulations and everything. But th those loans help those people build a life, earn a, earn a living and also help them give their children to school to get them educated. Let's say one of the one of the institutes that I'm dealing with is uh, NEF, it's National Education Foundation. What they do is they have a number of schools. This is a government initiative. This is a government institute. They have a number of schools in the country, the, in the capital. They, what do they do? They admit your underprivileged students into the school. They give them every single facility that they need. They reduce their fee. They give them free books, they give them free uniforms, and this, what, do, what does it do? At the end of the day, it helps them get admission, it helps them get the education that they need. So it's not that the government is not doing anything. The government is doing what it can to whatever level they can. After the 18th Amendment, of course, the subject of education has gone on to different provinces. Now it is an autonomous subject. Different provinces deal with these issues differently. Capital government, federal government deals with it differently. Of course, the provinces would deal with it differently. But every single government and every single education institute is helping these students, these underprivileged students, to get education because illiteracy is an issue in Pakistan. Out of school children is an issue in Pakistan. And this, in turn, is contributing to a number of other issues. So, government is helping them. These NGOs, all of them, in association with the association of the government, they do end up helping these kids. Thank you so much.